going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two J's, Joey and Jared, and gentlemen. You know, in my opinion, this week 15 main slate on DraftKings kind of feels vintage, like a return to normalcy. You know, over the past two weeks, we've had large game slates, 13 game slates, and we've had a number of injuries elevate cheap players to like massive chalk. This week, we've got ugly games. We've got 11 games. It just kind of feels like, you know, one of our older slates. We have a lot a lot of stars missing because of prime time or the Saturday games. So, I don't know. It's like a condensed slate, kind of like it was in the beginning of the year. What do you guys think about this uh, slate overall? This slate is absolute trash, but, you know, it's the best slate to make money on. It's time to get lit. Just, it's time to make this money, you know what I'm saying? Just the, the summary of the slate is... Russell Wilson is the highest priced quarterback this week. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no thank you. That's interesting. Um no thank you. That's an easy fade. That's probably the easiest fade on the slate. There's a lot of easy fades no, in thank my you. opinion, and we'll get to all of them. <laughs> you know, as we always do, we'll go position by position, talk all of our favorite plays for both cash games and GPPs. But before we do that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? You could support the podcast by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and subscribing to us on YouTube and iTunes at the DFS Dose across all social media platforms, across all listening platforms. Um, That's the best way to support us. All right. I mean, there's this very simple and easy place that we need to start on this slate, and that is with Josh Allen. And for me personally, I feel like this is the week that I'm actually gonna play him in cash instead of just talking about it so um i don't know where 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 do you guys think about this spot for josh allen i mean he is playing uh a very trash team your trash team and matter in fact uh the bills are at home against the lions joshua is uh 5800 on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. joshua yeah joshua allen he didn't throw a touchdown last week uh-huh. didn't need to and he still scored 24 points Facts. over 100 yard rushing again and a rushing touchdown i'm a known josh allen hater well known across the industry but you might have to lock him in wow um did you just say lock him in oh my goodness coming from joey that's yikes i never thought i would hear that from you that's, that's tough. stunning um lock 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 the lock button you're clicking the button i'm clicking the plus sign yikes since we're doing a little bit of um you know role reversal if you will let me take the position of anti josh allen because as much as i do like him this week i think that there is some question marks so let me ask you (laughs) a bias (laughs) (laughs) no i mean well ben they're playing the lions that's all you gotta say but the lions haven't allowed over 18 yards on the ground to any mobile quarterback this year that includes having played russ wilson cam newton trubisky dak josh allen may be the most significant uh rushing quarterback but also via twitter this morning i saw somebody describe how almost 90 percent of josh allen's rushing yards come on scrambles not uh designed running plays and the lions just lost their two best pass rushers in ziggy Ansah and deshaun hand so you know, I don't know how much pressure the Lions are going to be getting on Allen. I don't know how much he's going to have to scramble. So that that is, you know, part of the Lions' 
non-existent pass rush is one of the reasons I am worried about Josh Allen's rushing floor. And if he doesn't have a rushing floor, what does he really have? Wow. You make, you make some valid points. Benjamin. You know what Josh Allen has on his right arm? A cannon. A cannon. <laughs> and you know, other than Darius Slay, who can defend the pass on that defense? There isn't a man. A man alive on that defense. There is no man that can withstand a cannon. Robert Foster, part two. Part two. Zay Jones, mm-hmm. an awakening. Could be. You know, Char- Charles Clay, a revival. No. Josh, no. Josh Allen, part four on the ground. It might be. It might be. I don't know, dude. I don't I know. Like that it's I think you're a... Uh, your, your Lions fandom is getting into your head. Nah, man. If at all, you know, this game is literally an hour away from where I live. The closest Lions game, you know, to where I live in years. And I have zero interest in going. Ben, Ben, if we end up on Josh Allen for our cash our cash games, we're going to the Bills game. Oh, my God. And you're, you're going to see him run <laughs> all over them. You're going to oh, be like, damn. It's so cold. That's you better crazy. buy. You better buy them $10 tickets like right now. Yeah, they might go up to 15 by game day. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Joey, I have to ask you, though. the One of the main issues I have with Josh Allen as a cash play, I think he's certainly strong. He's probably my second favorite cash play, but for only $100 more, you can play Thomas Brady. Thomas. That is very true. You could play 100 more and play Tom Brady, the GOAT. I mean, the Patriots have the highest implied total on the main slate. Um, you know, this game with the Steelers is likely to be a shootout. So I don't know. Do you do you have any interest in Brady? Obviously, Brady performs better at home, but I mean, this game should should be high scoring. Yeah, it definitely should be high scoring. Um, I like Brady this week, not just as a Patriots fan. Just you know, it's a it's a good matchup. Like. The stats might say that it's not, but it is. Brady usually tears up the Steelers, I'm not going to lie. Um, I fully expect the Patriots to win this game. And to win the game, Brady's going to have to pass a lot. That's why fading the running game of the Patriots would probably be the best uh, option. And then getting the passing options would be good for this game as well. But Brady is definitely in play. But you know what week it is? Week 15. 15, yeah. No. No. We're going back to the NFC North. Matt Stafford week. I was thinking the same thing. Oh. No. What? It is Mitchell Trubisky week. Oof. That's fun. Trubisky. That's fun. 6,000 hmm. against Green Bay. The Bears win. They clinch the division. This is the classic Mitch Trubisky pop-off Millie Maker winning week. Lock it down. You see, I get what Joey's doing here. He's He was being me with Josh Allen, and now he's being Jared with Mitch Trubisky. But look, in the, in the, game, in the great matchups that he's had at home this season, he has popped off 46 against Tampa Bay, 36 against the Patriots, 39 against the Lions at home. He plays so much better at home. The Bears want to win. The Packers' pass defense is absolute garbage. Wait, wait a minute. You did just skip over the game last week at home against the Rams where he had 7.7 points in a game that should have been a shootout. But it wasn't a shootout. You know, he was coming back from an injury, so, you know, I, I kind of discredit that game. All right, that doesn't count. 
Okay, I didn't know. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know games just don't okay, count. No, that's important to know. If that game doesn't count, then maybe the, the arguments yeah, are yeah, solid. Yeah, we're we're just yeah. Shit, include that game. He was coming off an injury. He's he's got he's returning to the game. He's got to get back in game form. You know, playing. They still won. Their defense stepped up. The Ram the Rams have a tough defense, kind of. You know, it's tougher than the Packers. I I feel like, and he's second week removed from his injury. Going up against the third worst pass defense in the NFL at home, six thousand. This is um, Trubisky Millie Maker winning week. We've had three of these weeks already where he's won somebody one million dollars. Uh, but here's the thing: How is he going to be so good if they lose the game? Because the Packers can't make the playoffs if they lose. Um, Joey, do you want to break it to him, or do you want me to? No, you, you could do it. Yeah, you could do um, it. Jared, the Packers are not making the playoffs this year and in, in the year 2018. <laughs> All that has to happen is the Panthers have to lose a game, the Redskins have to lose a game, the Eagles have to lose a game, the Seahawks either have to lose out, which isn't going to happen, right. and the Vikings just have to lose two. Right. I mean, some of those things can happen. Many of those things can happen. But Not they won't. So, well, let's be real. Here's the thing: the Panthers are gonna lose at least one to the Saints. Mm-hmm. The Eagles and Redskins play each other. Packers have to win out. Starts with smashing the Bears this week, which Rodgers is too good to lose to those bums. You know, instead of uh, talking about what the Packers have to do to f- make the playoffs, let's talk about what they're gonna do. Yeah. Let's talk about it, how it relates to DFS. Which is get smashed on the road against the, the Bears' defense. Wow. That's going to happen to them. Wow. You know what happened when they tried that in Lambeau? What? Rodgers came back like a madman. Yeah. And dotted those boys up. Mm-hmm. All right, so if the Packers win, it, it's going to be a high-scoring game. So Trubisky is still viable. No, it's going to be a nice 21-13 to 13 game. Packers win. Put it on the board. I mean, I can 100% guarantee you the Packers are not holding the Bears to the 13 points. Do you want to bet? <laughs> they, no. won't, they will not score two touchdowns. All right, Dude, well. Heard it here first. You won't be winning $1 million this week, so that's tragic. Instead of this terrible second division matchup, which is going to be low scoring probably, and yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about the game that a lot of people are going to be targeting, which is the Colts and Dallas game. Are you interested in either of those quarterbacks, Andrew Luck or Dak Prescott? I'm interested in Luck just because the Colts throw a ton and, you know, they they basically put each game on Andrew Luck's back and he has to make the plays for them to win. So as long as that as long as that's happening, you know, give me Luck. You know how I feel about Dak. Dak boy. is absolute garbage. Wow. Dak is, Dak is, I'm sorry. Dak is cheap this week, and last, you know, he had fit over 50 passing attempts uh, in in last week's game, which is a lot for him. I don't know. These are two teams that firmly have a lot to play for in terms of making the playoffs, which is something that you definitely have to look at at this point in the year for fantasy. So I don't know. I think there's reason to like both of these guys, but I I don't know. Not crazy about it. I would rather play Big Ben over Andrew Luck, or I would rather play like. Like we said, like Josh Allen or Tom Brady over over Dak, so it's just like a price issue for me. I mean, it's not like Dak is in a isn't a great matchup. The Colts have you know a top top fifteen defense this season. They've definitely turned it around, and he's only scored 
more than 15 points on the road one time this season. So that's something to also look at. He definitely plays worse on the road than at home. Um, the Cowboys have had three straight home games, and he's snapped in a couple of them. But he's definitely been aided by the addition of Amari Cooper, which, I mean, gives Dak some value, but he's still pretty bad, so just no. I agree, and unless we have anybody else to talk about here at quarterback, I think we could transition to the play in that game that's going to matter the most, which is Zeke Elliott at running back. What are your guys' thoughts on Zeke? He's hit 9K on DraftKings, but we saw a receiving ceiling from him last week that we've never seen before. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on Zeke coming off of a 40-touch game? Well, I definitely don't think it happens again, but he still could have a good game. But I'm not paying 9000 for him this week. Interesting. To be I honest. Mean, paying 9000 for one of the best running backs in the NFL that has been getting nothing but over 30 touches every week in a game that should be high scoring, and he has the most touchdown equity out of anybody in the Cowboys offense. I love it. I love Zeke. Um, question is, do you play Zeke or do you play Barkley? Because I don't think this is a week that you can fit both in. I don't think it's a week you have to because there's a lot of mid-range running backs that I think are in play for cash. But it's pretty reasonable to fit one of either Zeke or Barkley. So in which direction are you guys leaning? We have Barkley at home, but we have Zeke on a team that is heavily playing for something. That isn't going to pull Zeke halfway through, which we've seen Barkley uh, get pulled in both games that have been blowouts and games that haven't been blowouts, right? They've still pulled uh, Barkley because the Giants are aiming for a high draft pick this year. So that's one thing that gives Zeke the edge in my mind. But uh, what are you guys thinking about those two? I'd rather play Barkley, to be honest. The offense really goes through him. I mean, it goes through Zeke also. Their offense goes through Zeke, but I don't know. I just have a feeling that Barkley's just going to break a long run again. He's going to get the bonus. He's going to get a touchdown. He'll probably get about five catches. I think he's in an absolute smash spot this week. I mean, you definitely can't go wrong with going up to him. Essentially, they basically both provide the same upside. I would, I would give the, the I would give a little bit more upside to Barkley just because I feel like he's a better athlete and obviously he's a better receiving uh, back than Zeke. But you can't deny Zeke's receiving presence. This man has had six, seven, five, six, twelve catches in his last five games. If I'm not mistaken, Zeke has been the second most consistent passing back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey this year. I'm hmm. almost positive that that is what the numbers will say. Especially over the last five weeks. Since week ten, Zeke has without a doubt out targeted out targeted Saquon. And out caught, obviously. <clears throat> but you definitely can't fit both, I don't think. And so it's going to come down to which one you pick. But I feel like both are equally good plays. But I would just go with Zeke because he's cheaper and in a better matchup. Saquon is a monster, and this man does not score less than 20 points. So if you want a guaranteed 20 in your lineup, you play Saquon. If you want insane uh, target share and all the carries and basically... Well, not all the touchdowns, but most of the touchdowns, you play Zeke. I I agree with that. And like you said, you can't really go wrong with them. So I think the main decision is which of the mid-range guys are you going to pick? There's several people uh, in this mid-range that are interesting. Fournette, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Which of these guys are you looking at this week? 
Fournette, definitely. Fournette's in a smash spot, and they give him they give him so many touches, or so many carries. It's insane. He doesn't really have any equity in the passing game, but he could easily pop off for over a hundred yards and two touchdowns against Washington's defense. That whole team's just falling apart. Yeah, we definitely saw yeah. what Saquon did to them last week, and another they're going on the road to Jacksonville. Yeah. But then again, you also have Dalvin in another smash spot, and he gets more um, receiving work for cheaper. He does. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that is a deciding factor, in my opinion, for these guys, not only is Dalvin a 1,000 cheaper, but like you said, the receiving work, and he's on a team that is still playing to make the playoffs uh, in Minnesota. And, note, I did see this uh, today, that the Jacksonville-Washington game has the lowest total in a game since 2014. Um, in Vegas. This oh is, yeah, that was the thirty-six total, right? Yeah, it was in it was in December that year. It was a late game, but um, you know the over/under is thirty-six and a half, which is just nuts. But um, so to me, I do think that you know Dalvin Cook is in a potentially more you know like a better game environment with Miami. Uh, we just saw Miami go toe to toe with the Patriots offense, but with Dalvin Cook, they just fired their offensive coordinator, John D. Filippo. So. You know, what the Vikings do on offense this week could be different. You wouldn't expect it to be drastically different, but, I mean, uh, is Dalvin Cook going to have the same receiving workload he's had, 17 targets over the last two weeks? I'm not sure. I mean, that offense needs to be run through Dalvin Cook, straight up. It's not being run through Kirk Cousins, I'll tell you that. It needs to be run through Dalvin Cook. And then Kirk Cousins needs to play off him. He has two superstar receivers. It needs to start with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. If they can get Delvin Cook going, that offense will be unstoppable. And they have a Pro Bowl tight end. What you're saying is is all factual, right? But we we have to distinguish that what we think they should do and what they're going to do. You feel me? And they're not going to run the offense through them. That, it's just that simple. Like, that's yeah. what they should do. That'd be the smart thing to do. But he's still only going to get 10, 12 carries, you know? Yeah. And... In, a, in catches. If they, if they feed him those targets, then he's still valuable at 6.5 in a good matchup. Yeah, but the, the I was just saying that we have to separate those two things because when it relates to DFS, like, he's had four games of 10 carries in, in his last, what, five games or six games or whatever. Two games with under, t- two games with nine, and then last week he had 13. Yeah, his receiving work definitely makes him valuable, but... What about uh, Joe Mixon this week? You know, Joey, you've come along on Josh Allen, so I would, I'd like to give you this chance to also come come onto the side of Joe Mixon when he is potentially the best running back play on the board. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. I don't have anything to say. What do you mean? You're not, you're not going to co-sign the Joe Mixon play? Hell no. First of all... I'm never. I'll, I'll never play him. Even when he's set up for a hundred yard rushing game. Yo, how many rushing yards did he have last week? Well over a hundred eleven. No, uh, he had eleven yards over a hundred. That's not well over. <laughs> Let's get that straight. But yeah, he he had a great game last week. Uh, twenty six carries, hundred eleven for a touch and five catches, twenty seven points. Good for him. He's, he's coming. He's coming <laughs> home. The Raiders have allowed the seventh most yards per game to running back, over a hundred yards per game, a hundred yards on the ground. You know what that means? Over their last four, four games straight, allowing over a hundred yards. You think that Joe Mixon 
is is not going to be the fifth, you're out of your mind. He's coming off a 31-touch game. Home favorite. Jeff Driscoll, he's a complete disaster. Yeah, and the game before that, he had 14 touches at home against the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos. We're talking about the Raiders. The Broncos are better than the Raiders, so why so why wouldn't you want to get your best player the ball? You feel me? That was me? the first week of Jeff Driscoll, though. They were they were still hopeful that he was going to be enough oh, to carry okay. the team. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Jeff just Jeff Driscoll starting in the NFL. Yeah, that's why bad. wouldn't you want to get your quote unquote star running back the ball more? This man had twelve carries. Listen, they were just they they weren't sure what they were doing, but now they know. Nah, but uh, on some real, I mean, he he could be a good play. Sixty one hundred is is pretty cheap for him. He usually sits around seven thousand. He's coming off a twenty seven point game, and they de- decreased his salary, and he's at home now. Interesting. Do you think that DraftKings knows something that we don't? I mean, they they know what I think, and I think that's what matters here. So that's honestly all that matters. In this range, the other names, I mean, David Johnson. I kind of have some interest in Tariq Cohen, but. The Packers have actually been really good at stopping receiving yards uh, allowed to running back, so I'm not sure about that. But, um, you know, what do you think about these guys, David Johnson, Tariq Cohen? I'm not on, not really on board with either. No, I'm off David Johnson now that he's a little banged up. And Tariq Cohen's too iffy always for me to play in cash, honestly. He doesn't get that many carries. And when he does carry the ball, I mean, he's not a crazy good runner. Yeah, it's just it's the tournament winning upside that gives him appeal. I would say. Oh, GPP, yeah. GPPs. I'm playing him all day, mm-hmm. but definitely not going anywhere near there in cash. How much is he? Sixty-three. Yeah, I'd rather go down to Mixon or up to Delvin Cook. Yep, that's pretty reasonable. I feel the same. The mid range is definitely um kind of like a dumpster fire this week. A lot of inconsistent, a lot of inconsistent workloads. Got some injuries in there with David Johnson and James Conner. Um, hard to pick any of those guys in cash. But you know, there there's some guys at the bottom. We got Deion Lewis at forty six hundred and Derrick Henry at five thousand. Uh, what do you guys think about them? I think Derrick Henry is going to be wildly overowned coming off that fifty point game in prime time. Easy fades. Um, yeah, or just going back to Derrick Henry for a minute. It's just stupid to think that you're going to get that same production. He only had 17 carries and no no receptions. So 17 touches. You're just stupid if you think he's going to re- reproduce what he did last week. I mean, even half of it, honestly. Facts. Yeah, that's uh, that's 100% facts. Uh, over Henry, I'd have more interest in going back to Jalen Samuels if he's not massive chalk. If if Connor's out again, we saw him get seven targets in a game that you know the Steelers are going to have to be passing. I would have some interest there, depending on ownership for tournaments, but not a cash play. Definitely not. He was over on last week. Um, I think the price raise uh, will keep that in check this week, though. But um, in terms of value, um, some other names. I think that this is potentially a week that we could get back on the Gus bus. Um, you know, Gus the bus, four point four k, massive home favorites against the against the Bucks. Um wait, is that right? Let me let me see that. All right, maybe maybe not massive, but uh seven point home favorites against the Bucks, so that's pretty big is. for the it NFL is, though. Um Yeah. So I, I kinda I kinda <laughs> like that play. Um, you know, he's still the lead dog, but I think there's also gonna be a lot of interest in Kenneth Dixon, uh 
this week as well because of his receiving work and the matchup against the Bucks uh, for receiving running backs. He's 3,500. I probably won't be going there. Um, do you guys have any interest in, in Dixon? I don't know. I don't know. That man could never stay healthy. Yo, he reminds me of CJ Procise. Like, we hear about him every year, but, like, he never plays. Yeah, that's a good, good comparison. <laughs> but, uh, no, not interested in either of them. I'd rather go down to Elijah McGuire, who's a clear starter this week. I don't think that's on the slate. Is it not? When no, did the Jets play? on Saturday. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> don't play Elijah McGuire, guys. Nah, but, um,. Just under Gus the bus, we got Tevin Coleman at forty two hundred at home against the Cardinals, yeah. right? That I kind of like. Edo Smith was a limited participant in practice today. It is Wednesday, so he was limited uh, to a neck injury. So something to monitor. If Edo Smith is out, that means Tevin Coleman will be getting all of the rushing attempts and all of the receiving work. Um, Edo usually. Usually vultures a good amount of the rushing attempts each He's actually week. Actually, outrushed um, Tevin in two straight, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. So if Ito's out, Tevin Coleman, forty-two hundred, lock him in. Joey, do you have any interest in the man right below Tevin Coleman? It's mm, a good question. Same price as Tevin. Better player, big play threat. He, huge play. He is, yeah, he play is. Threat. He is a better player. He's a game-breaking, game-ending. If threat. anybody's a game-breaker, it's Kenyon Drake. Yeah. So how do you feel about him this week? Hmm. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you wanna, if you play Kenyon Drake, you might as well just go on PayPal and transfer me the money that you were gonna play on DraftKings, <laughs> because it'll be better spent. Yep, that's uh, over on this side of things. At the DFS dose at gmail.com. You can send that money <laughs> whenever you'd like. Um, is, are there any other running back plays that we have to mention this week? What about AP? Fade. Hell no. No, Fade Washington. He's basically he's basically a, you know, kind of like the same same player as Derrick Henry. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not playing anybody on Washington. Nah, yeah. It's probably, uh, probably a good idea. Jordan Howard at 39. Interesting. Absolute garbage. No. Don't play. Aren't they give, they're giving him a lot more carries, it seems like. It, it does seem that way over, what what is it, like at least over 15 and like three out of the last four, but I don't know. The only two things to monitor, I would say, at this point, if David Johnson misses, Chase Edmonds at 3,800 will be viable. And if James Conner plays, uh, you can fire him up at 7,400 for sure. But, um... That is I have a feeling David Johnson's I have a feeling David Johnson's gonna miss. It'd be the smart thing to do. Just keep him out. Yeah. James Conner is most likely gonna miss as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um and probably Edo Smith. So, so you have three value. Well if if yeah, I think if Edo even... misses, Tevin would be probably chalk, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably the same with Chase Edmonds against Atlanta. That one's easier for me to fade as a as a road dog on a terrible offense, but I guess the I guess the Falcons yeah. are kind of terrible too. But anyways, home home favorite. Let's stop talking yeah, about these bums and move uh move over to wide receiver. We could start wherever you guys would like this week. Devontae Adams. <laughs> you give Jared some freedom and he goes straight to Devontae. All right, <laughs> all right. T- talk to me about him because I really like that play as well. Okay, so Devontae Adams has yet to have under seven targets this year. 
And in the two games he did get seven targets, he scored 21 points each game. Their last game against Chicago, with Rodgers missing quarter or something, he scored 20 points still. He scored a touchdown in every game but three games this year. He has 12 on the season. Probably score again. I think it's a smash spot. If Amari Cooper is going to be chalk, give me Devontae Adams all day. Same over T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I'll take him over Julio because Julio, I mean, they're going to blow out Arizona. Take him over Thielen. I just probably wouldn't take him over A.B. or Juju. And I think that's going to be the main question in the top tier is deciphering uh, what to do with A.B. and Juju. I think Adams is a smash play, like you said, averaging 12 targets over the last two weeks. A touchdown in three straight games. He's Rodgers' clear favorite target. And even though, you know, it's pretty unacceptable for most people to think that the Packers are going to make the playoffs, it's not unacceptable for the players in that locker room. And I think that they'll probably <laughs> still play like they have a shot. So, um, you know, I, I like Adams. He hasn't scored under 16 this whole year. So you're already almost, you're already two axing. And he's obviously got the, the upside that you want in a player that you're paying almost 8K for. But, Joey, I want your opinion on what the Patriots are going to do to scheme against these two uh, wide receivers for the Steelers. You know, in the past, we've seen Malcolm Butler match up with Antonio Brown. However, I don't know if, uh, you know, that'll be Stefan Gilmore's game. Yeah, you're right. Um, So Gilmore will definitely be on Juju for most of the game. They, You know, they both stand tall at six feet one. So the matchup is there. It'll be Juju versus Gilmore, right? So that leaves A.B. Who's going to cover A.B.? That's going to be Jason McCourty, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones. They'll probably mix and match, whatever, depending on what package the Patriots roll roll out for a certain drive or play. But they're definitely gonna ha- they're definitely gonna play the like a bracket coverage. They might leave the sidelines open for A.B., but they're definitely not gonna let him beat them deep i mean what i'm hearing from you is that juju smith schuster is going to get the shadow treatment and antonio brown is going to be facing open sidelines and zone coverage um antonio brown coming off of a five catch uh 35 yard game he's hearing you know you know antonio brown he's on social media he's seeing when the dfs dose is saying that juju smith schuster has overtaken him as the clear-cut wide receiver one in pittsburgh um and by the way, we aren't the only outlet who's floated that idea this week. I've seen that on Twitter. Um, I, I think that Antonio is in a complete smash spot this week in a game that Pittsburgh really needs to win. Um, I love AB. Uh, and I don't know if I can get there in cash. I, I would play it in cash, but I think for tournaments, absolutely, um, he's going to be a priority. Can't go wrong with either, honestly. One of them's going to snap. It's that simple. I think it's going to be AB. I'd rather go A.B. over Juju. Yeah, uh, you know, Juju has led the team in receptions and receiving yards, but if he's going to be getting, you know, shadowed by Gilmore and Antonio has the touchdown upside, I think it's a pretty clear play. And along with Devontae Adams, I think those are the two best high-priced guys. Um, Jared, you mentioned Amari Cooper and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Both of them project to be pretty high-owned, I would imagine. T.Y. Hilton at home coming off of a monster game. He's had three straight games with double-digit targets, and Amari Cooper, obviously, coming off of a 200-yard game, um, 50 points on DraftKings. What do you think about these two guys this week? I am not a fan of Amari Cooper at all. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of respect for the Colts' secondary. You're an idiot if you play Amari Cooper in cash this week. 
And I have a ton of respect for the Cowboys secondary also. I think it's going to be... I don't. I honestly don't see it being that high scoring. I kind of agree with you. I think it's play Zeke, and that's about it in this game. Maybe a little Eric Gibron, but... Um, you know, I yeah. think both of the... I mean, then again, you know, you're getting T.Y. Hilton's upside under 7K. That is... It's, it's interesting. No doubt about it. But there's such high ownership that... I don't know. I think the leverage is in the fade. I mean, I'd rather go up to Edelman. I'd rather go down to Josh Gordon. I'm not playing. I'm not playing either of them, to be honest, at all, anywhere. Definitely not playing Amari Cooper. That's a hundred percent fact. You can lock that in. Will not be playing him. And I mean, you could play T.Y. Hilton because he has a crazy ceiling. <clears throat> like if he pops off, like he's gonna pop off. And you know, I would I would consider that for GPPs. But not in cash. How about uh, anybody else looking through this mid-range? Obviously, there are some value-wide receivers, but this week there's not too much that is interesting, you know, to me between you know six K and the low four Ks. Robert Foster, forty-three hundred. Lock him in. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, there's really not. No, yeah, there's they, not. There's not a lot. This week is tough. You got to pay up. Pay up and, and don't pay Let's down. Let's talk about the golden price range at value wide receiver this week, and that's forty two hundred. Where I think there's three guys that you can consider. Um, number one, Jordy Nelson, who has eighteen targets over the last two games, uh, and the Bengals defense is terrible. Number two, Taylor Gabriel, who has averaged you know at least over seven targets per game in four straight and you know won't be getting the Jair Alexander treatment in Green Bay Um, you know if if things happen like Joey says maybe Gabriel is who helps Trubisky lead himself to a GPP winning game and number three at 4200 is Zay Jones uh, the Bills receiver who's getting the most consistent target share he has three games over nine targets or more in the last four. So I think that those are three guys that you could consider to play in cash just for low floors. Gabriel has a bit of a ceiling. You don't like Dante Pettis at 44? It's okay. It's okay. I, I don't hate it. I mean, he's been pretty consistent, actually. You have to you have to give him that. I like that over all of them, but Jordy Nelson, maybe? All of them. All of them are trash. I'm not playing Zay Jones. If A-Rod misses Anthony Miller's to play... Over Gabriel? I mean, you could play both. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say my stack, but you could play Miller and Gabriel. Sale to the money. Sale to a million dollars. I suppose it's possible. I mean, I think that, you know, for me, I'm going to be looking in this range for at least one or two wide receivers for cash games because I like, you know, to get two of those mid-range guys, get Zeke in there, and potentially one of Adams or maybe Brown or Juju. But, um... You know, if you want to pay up for those guys, you're going to have to find value. One place that there's always value is at the tight end position. What do you guys like at tight end? Is there any? Is there anybody uh, at the high end or the low end that you want to start with here? Gronkowski. Yeah, I mean, Gronk is the best player on the board. Jeez, one good game and and he's you're back on the Gronk train, huh? Yes, sir. I don't know. Under 20 points in, like, what, like 10 straight before that? History. History, yeah. I mean... One word. I like Gronk, I suppose. Are you playing him in cash? 
I mean, this is definitely the week to to play either Gronk, Cook, or Eric Ebron. I don't think you could really succeed if you pay down this week. I mean, you could target Vance McDonald or Bright. I mean, the, that's where a lot of people will go, I feel like. But I think the move is to just pay for Jared Cook or Gronk. Jared Cook now has two games over 20 points in a row. I don't think that he could have three and, like, the universe could stay on its axis, so I won't be playing Jared Cook. Um, <laughs> I do I do like Ebron, though, and Gronk, but I might just punt, just play, like, Trey Burton or something, but who knows? Uzoma? Uzoma. I mean, Uzoma nah, gets a lot Uzoma's of targets. trash. Shouldn't get a lot of targets with Triscoll. Yeah, maybe if Allen Robinson sits, that'll open things up for Burton, or, I mean, Kyle Rudolph is in a great matchup. He could score a touchdown. That's all you need. Yep, that's fair. I would just if you don't if you don't play Gronk or Ebron, I would just punt with one of them. What about George Kittle, who obviously had an insane game last week? We obviously can't expect two hundred yards, but um, he's sixty three hundred at home against Seattle. What do you think about Kittle this week? I mean, I like Kittle, but that's kind of a lot against Seattle. They're, Seattle's balling out right now. Yeah, yeah. they're making I mean, a playoff push for sure. Kittle's great, but it'll be a tough game. Gronk's in a way better matchup for cheaper. All right, if you want value, just you're going to play Anthony Ferkser. Say that again? Anthony Ferkser. Okay. If I'm pronouncing that correct, I don't know. I mean, that's how it's spelled, I think. Indeed. He's had three catches in his last four games, like three in each game. He scored... 7, 9, 13, and 5 in his last four. He's 2,900. If you want to punt, he's the tight end one in Tennessee, if you didn't, if you didn't know. Yeah, John got hurt. Yeah. Anthony Ferkser. Play him, 2,900. Would you call him this week's Deshaun Hamilton? Hmm. I, that's in, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I think I would. Does he get targeted? I mean, the upside isn't in there. Nah, he's had... He's had 13 targets over his last four games, so around three targets a game. But I mean, if you're punting at 2,900, he he he's he's gonna get catches. So you just you know gotta hope that he scores. Jordan Reed is doubtful. Yeah, Vernon Davis is a Vernon Davis action play. In, uh, that low total game. Yeah, I might punt. Yeah, yo, Ferkser, yo. Ferkser. Didn't even think about gotta that. Listen to Joe's. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joey's 3K and under plays. Supreme value plays, all right? <laughs> Big Joe's gonna... weekly punts. Joe's weekly punts, I like it. Um, yeah, shout out to Deshaun Hamilton. That was an easy play. Listen, anyone can get lucky with one. If you bring it back with two in a row, then it's time for a full-blown segment okay. on the show every single week. Hey, I'm not saying he's going to score 20, but I'm saying for 2,900, if he gets 8 to 10, you're, you're good. Hey, if he gets... A- Double-digit points on DraftKings for 2.9. I'm, I'm happy. Let's talk defense, you know, briefly. Wait. much to talk about. The one thing about this week that I noticed looking through the defensive pricing on DraftKings is uh, you're not going to find any low home favorites like, uh, like last week with the Green Bay defense at 2.1. That was a value play. Uh, you had the Cardinals at home against the Lions at 2.3. This week, there's nothing really to look for um, unless you want to play the Steelers at home against the Patriots, but I don't really have much interest in that. 
I think that you're going to have to pay up at least a little bit uh, at defense this week. The first, the first option I'm seeing that interests me is the Giants or maybe even the Falcons, 2.6 and 2.7 respectively. I like the Falcons. I also like the Titans right below. Well, on the road, like, never mind. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons are in a good spot. Arizona legit has nobody on that offense. But the Falcons' defense is also very trash. Um, just to, just to be quite honest, they've had one game over ten points on defense the entire season. Um, couple negative point games in there, so that's not a spot that I want to target. Personally, I'd be targeting the Bills at twenty eight hundred against the Lions, and uh, the Jags. I mean, thirty four hundred. They're the highest priced. Uh, defense but it's nothing too extreme 34 is relatively cheap for a elite defense that is playing josh johnson yeah that's fair um do you have any interest in the giants though at 26 um over yes. double digit you know points and three out of the last four 100 percent, yes Hosting the titans titans are nothing special nothing special I like yeah. them. I like the Giants. Yeah, you know, unbiasedly, I like Joey's call of the Bills. Um, that's definitely a good play. I think I'm just going to play the Jags, honestly. Just Josh Johnson is trash. Let's put that out there right now. He's he was like the, garbage. Wasn't he like the QB, like, five or something last week? Played, like, there's a probably quarter some... and a half, and he was a QB five. Yeah, there's probably some Redskin fan out there hoping for Mark Sanchez to get benched, and he played him in DFS, and... Got lucky, but Jags defense lock it in at home 3400 facing a dismantled Redskins team. This should be easy pickings for the Jags. Um, you know, bold prediction two touchdowns. Jags defense, wow, that is uh, pretty bold. Um, they only have one on the year. I mean, while we're being bold, we might as well give out some GPP stacks, some low-owned GPP stacks, and we need to be bold because we're trying to talk about tournament-winning stacks, a stack that'll take down a milli or, you know, at least, uh, you know, a couple grand. Do, so Yeah, do I even need to say mine? I, I think I've said it throughout the podcast. Just lay it down for the people who weren't paying attention. Trubisky and his receivers, whoever they may be. If A-Rob's out, Miller, Gabriel. If A-Rob's in, A-Rob. Gabriel, run it back with Devontae. All right, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I like that. How about you, Jared? Big Ben, Juju, and AB. Oh, you could easily fit that. I just did it. Interesting, interesting. What kind of sacrifices will that be do you low have to owned, make? Though? I think playing both of them will be low owned. I like that. I do like that. And you know what? I did. We didn't mention it, wide receiver, but I did just want to throw out uh, Cordero Patterson as a name. He's three point four k. I like him only because he. He's kind of a gadget player, but I like him because of the game that he's in, the game environment, and just as a as a pump play at three point four, caught a touchdown last week, absolute dot from Brady. Um, I don't know. That was a Patterson at three point four. I think he could just be a, like a low owned tournament play, but um, yeah, I like that Steelers stack. I think that playing both of them will be low owned for sure. What about you, Horace? For mine this week, I'm going to go back a couple weeks to. One of the players that I've been most juiced about this entire year, and that's going to be Gus the Bus. I'm playing Gus at 4.4K as a home favorite against this Tampa Bay defense. The Ravens fell just short of taking down the Chiefs. Um, you know, they fell victim to some of Mahomes' magic last week, but 
The Ravens are squarely in the AFC playoff race, and that's something that you do need to be paying attention to in Week 15. I think they're going to make a push, and I think that they're going to demolish the Bucks on the ground uh, at the hands of Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, who uh, you can pair him with, get all of the rushing attempts. Uh, you know, Lamar's been up and down. He's at a good floor, and I think that we may see the ceiling this week. The Ravens have the second-highest total on the slate behind the Patriots. So um, I think... Lamar's going to get lost in the sh- in the shuffle. So load him up, load Gus up, and board the bus, sail to the money. <laughs> I like it. Can't hate on that. No, you can't. Can't hate on the bus. Um, But that's going to be it for us this week on the DFS Dose podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, at the DFS Dose. Same handle across all platforms. You can also follow my personal Twitter, at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyCarrion underscore. And you can find me at Jared what? underscore underscore Marcus. All right, everybody. Good luck. Uh, let's get this money in the 15. Yeah.